Thanks for listening to this podcast from Christ Church of Orinoco. Our hope is that it would help you discover completeness in Jesus. Now for this week's teaching. Well, good morning, church. My name is Peter, and I'm one of the ministers here at the church, and I have the privilege of bringing you this morning's message. I've entitled it, The Power of Relationships, and we'll be studying Acts chapter 2, verses 42 through 47, which we'll get to in just a few minutes. This Advent season, we have celebrated hope, joy, peace, and love, which we have seen in Jesus as he came to this world to show us the love of God and to save us from our sins. And it is our hope that this past week of Christmas celebrations has been made more meaningful to you as you have taken these four qualities of Christ and put them into your life and your celebration. Today we're going to build on what we've experienced in Advent to explore how God brings healing in our lives through his relationship with us and with each other. During this past year, we have studied the Gospels, discipleship, the Holy Spirit, and the coming of Christ. And each of these series has reinforced for us that the church is the place that God has ordained that we would receive the forgiveness of our sins, the gift of the Holy Spirit, and would be a community in which we could experience the transformation into a people of hope, peace, joy, and love. You see, the church is not an add-on in God's plan for life, but it has been elevated along with Jesus to be a centerpiece of how God plans to bring the gospel to the world. God has designed the church to be relationally focused, and the relationships that we have with each other will help for us to love God and to serve him in the world. But you and I know that it's difficult for us sometimes to be open and honest in the church because we're not really sure what's going to happen if we tell people what's really going on in our lives, what's really happening in our struggles. Also, a church of our size could create some trouble for people because those people could remain anonymous or hidden for a long period of time, which could be bad for them. We all desire that we would receive healing for the wounds that we have, But if we try to make all of our changes by ourselves, we could end up being really, really frustrated. If this happens, we could really wonder whether or not God has actually saved us because we could still have character trait problems and behaviors that we don't want to have. Hope fades when we feel neglected. Peace evaporates when we're left to our own troubled thoughts. Joy disappears when we face problems on our own. And love feels far away when we think that nobody really cares about us and what we're dealing with. The transformation and fellowship that's promised in scripture feels like it would be a part of somebody else's story and not our story when we feel this way. But I have good news for you that God knew that we could feel this way in a broken world because Nothing works the way that it really should, and we could be very discouraged by that. But in our Christian experience with each other, God has given us each other so that we could experience encouragement, strength, and continued healing. As a people in a large faith community, each one of us needs at least one person that we can be honest with, that we could experience authentic, open, and vulnerable relationships with in order to share our story and receive help to overcome the hurts of sin and the wounds in our life. So today, if you're longing for healing and you feel that change is hopeless for you or that you're trying to change all by yourself, 
It just might mean that you need to invite other people into your life who will help you to continue the healing that God has planned for you. The truth is, healing occurs in relationships. It is through the power of relationships that people discover the hope, peace, joy, and love that God wants for us to have if it has been lost at one time. When the church is a loving, caring community, the power of healing is released and becomes a reality for many. So while you're sitting there thinking through this, you might ask yourself, how do I know that I'm in a community that would foster my healing? Well, the church that fosters healing would be a community that is safe for you. It is a place where your words don't catch in your throat. It's a place where the eyes of those who know you light up when they see you. It's a place where your story of faith can be celebrated. It's a community that would be strong for you. It's a place where you could find the energy and the encouragement that you need to face the challenges of your life. It's a place where you're not despised because you're weak, and it's a place where you can rest and be recharged. It would be a community that would really know you. It's a place where you don't have to pretend, and a place where there's restoration and healing for the wounds of your life. What can the scripture teach us about being this kind of a church community? Today's text from Acts chapter 2 is an expression of how Christ's church strives to be this kind of a healing community. Acts chapter 2 verse 47 illustrates how a band of brand new Christians, 3,000 plus, focused its efforts to become a healing community. Now, this is a very rich passage that tells us many things about the early church, and we're only going to focus on what we can learn about how healing can take place in our lives as we interact with God and we interact with each other. We're going to discover four principles in this passage that describe a way of life that promote healing. These principles are priorities, fellowship, worship, and witness. So let's read Acts 2, 42 through 47. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and prayer. Everyone was filled with awe, and many wonders and miraculous signs were being done by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. Selling their possessions and goods, they gave to everyone as he had need. Every day they continued to meet in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying favor of all the people, and the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. The first principle that we will look at is the principle of priorities. This principle states that spiritual priorities are needed to organize our lives. Our text begins with these words, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. So how do the apostles' teaching promote healing? First, their healing tells us about Jesus and about how he came to save us and have a relationship with us. Our personal relationship with Jesus in salvation is the first step on our healing. Sin devastates us in ways that we don't readily realize, and Jesus came to bring us spiritual life and freedom. Second, the teaching of the New Testament gives us direction and how we can begin to respond like Jesus, to focus our minds, how to move through difficult emotional situations, and how to behave. These teachings come from God and are meant for our good. Although this passage specifically talks about the apostles' teaching on this side of the canon, we have the entire Bible to enjoy. Being devoted to the teaching of the Bible means that we take in the truths that God has given to us and we put them as a foundation and guiding force of our lives. 
The word of God is living and active, and we need to see it applied in our life, and we need to see its benefit every day. As our faith grows and we understand the truth and apply it and see its effect in our life, God joins us and reaches deep inside of us to keep the healing process moving. The second principle that we'll look at is the principle of fellowship. This is the principle that we're going to spend most of our time on this morning. The principle of fellowship states that we act on our faith and put it into practice. Our text began with, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, and now it continues with, and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. So what is fellowship, and how does fellowship help in the healing process? Fellowship is a word that is used for the concept of living our lives together as friends. Good friends relate to each other with grace and truth, just like Jesus has related to us. John chapter 1, verse 14 states that Jesus came to this earth and lived among us filled with grace and truth. And he interacted with people with a perfect blend of grace and truth. He becomes our example, and we want to blend grace and truth together in productive ways as well within our fellowship with each other. A good way to understand how grace might be expressed in fellowship comes from what Paul teaches us in Romans chapter 15, verse 7, where he says that you and I are to accept each other just as Christ has accepted us. Acceptance is a powerful healer. When you are accepted, it means that somebody knows some of those nitty-gritty details about you that you're not really proud of, and they still like you anyway. And when that person is a Christian, that Christian friend is going to help you through the ups and the downs of your life and help you in your faith to be more like Jesus. And when we relate to people with grace and acceptance, we listen to them with compassion. We love them, and we recognize where they are on their own faith journey. The truth part of a healthy relationship means that we're going to sound a warning if unhealthy or ungodly thinking, emotional expressions, or behaviors show themselves. It's true. A lot of people don't like these kinds of conversations. But when we really love somebody, we're going to warn them, and we're going to tell them that danger lies ahead. In fact, if some of our friends and family knew that we thought that they were in danger and we didn't tell them, and then they were hurt, they might wonder if we really, truly loved them. You see, we need to be praying for wisdom about knowing when, where, and how to have these more difficult conversations. And when these conversations are done, we need to reaffirm our friendship with them and that we love them and accept them and that it is our goal to always treat them with the grace that God would want for us to. Not only are grace and truth a part of our fellowship, but the breaking of bread and prayer are included as well. This phrase, the breaking of bread, means either the Lord's Supper, which is our Jesus table, or eating meals together. Right here in this particular passage, scholars believe that the writers are talking about taking communion together. A little bit later on in verse 46, the writers are talking about eating meals together. So let's talk about our Jesus table experience. This weekly experience can be a place for you to connect with God. It's a place where you can celebrate his goodness and his presence in your life. You see, he hasn't left you alone. He walks with you through the, the mountains and the valleys of your life. And it's a time that you can celebrate his goodness. It also is a time when we all gather together and we proclaim through this activity that Jesus 
is the Christ, the Son of the living God, and we have taken him as our Lord and Savior, and we share that value together. When we are grateful for his mercies in salvation, we open up ourselves to receive his power and his blessing. And so the Jesus table becomes a powerful way for us to continue to experience healing. Prayer is also a part of our fellowship. We pray together to the God who is the ultimate source of our healing, casting our cares on him and praying specifically about the details that concern us, our ways that Paul has told us that we can experience a peace that passes all understanding and helps for us to be calm in turmoil. When we pray about our life's concerns, we feel God's care in the care of other people. In fact, our elders are willing to pray for you about the cares and concerns of your life. And if you would ever want for us to pray for you, please go to the prayer center and write out on a prayer request that you would like the elders to contact you to pray about what you are concerned about or what's happening in your life. Their commitment to praying for you is a way that they want to live out the truth that we are studying this morning. So I wanna stop and ask you that if you are stuck in the healing process, to be courageous today. I'm gonna ask you to talk to somebody about moving forward, to talk to a friend or a family member or somebody from church. You see, because if you're stalled, it could be that your healing has stopped because you need to invite somebody into your life to travel with you, to encourage you, to help provide counsel for you, and to be able to support you rather than you having to face your story alone. Let's get back to our text. Let's not forget about eating together, one of our very favorite kinds of experiences. When we eat together, the research has told us that good things happen to us. Our heart is cheered, we become more optimistic, we have more energy to face the challenges of our lives. So a good meal and a good conversation and laughter and fun actually are good for our souls. And inviting other Christian people to eat with us actually strengthens our faith. And I want to encourage you to spend some time with your Christian brothers and sisters eating with them your favorite meals. And as a result, your healing will actually be promoted. Acts chapter 2 verses 44 through 46 adds to our understanding of fellowship by providing for us a little window of how fellowship and ministry functioned together in the early church. Let's read this passage. All the believers were together and had everything in common, selling their possessions and goods they gave to everyone as he had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. You'll notice two aspects about ministry and fellowship that are blended together in this passage. The first is that they met the needs of the people around them. Scholars believe that Christians didn't sell everything and live in one great big happy commune during this time, but that individual Christians looked at their possessions as potential blessings for other people. And when a need arose in food, clothing, shelter, or maybe something else, those Christians could sell a part of their possessions and invest it in the lives of other believers or people within their community. They were involved with each other and played a vital role in sharing the gospel with their neighbors. Second, they related to each other every day. These early Christians modeled for us the importance of daily interaction. You and I know that when we're really struggling, we could usually use a word of encouragement. 
So imagine having a relationship with somebody who every day you knew was rooting for you, whether it was a text message or a voice message or somebody that you could see or a phone call that you could have. You would be supported to move forward in your faith and in your life. You see, the good news is that we don't have to struggle alone. We don't have to feel like we're the only ones going through something. When we open up and we share with other people what we're dealing with, those people can actually join us so we don't have to face those struggles alone. The third principle in our text is the principle of worship. This principle states that we praise God for his goodness. Acts 2, 43 and 47 state, Everyone was filled with awe, and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. You see, we praise God for his investment in our lives. He blesses us as we take in his truth and build our lives around it. We express his good ways in the community that we live in. We're not to be a hidden people, but we're to be an openly loving, caring community. We rejoice in the healings of our sins and our relational healings. And we also enjoy the community of support and love that we have in this body. Even members who are not a part of this church can see what's going on when God moves in such a way among us. The fourth principle is a principle of witness. This principle states that we are witnesses for others that God is alive and well in the world and that he wants a relationship with all people. Acts 2.47 states, and the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. It is the love of God and the power of a healthy community that draws people to the gospel message. Criticism, condemnation, and unhealthy faith communities actually act as faith repellents for people because people wanna be a part of something that's healthy and meaningful and good. They want to be known and loved and supported through the challenges of their lives. They want a spiritual home. In Acts chapter two, some of the people who initially resisted Jesus began to respond to the love that was pouring out from the early church. Undoubtedly, their community remained messy because in a broken world, life doesn't happen the way that we want it to, but we can be assured that we can see a community that was doing its best to promote healing and wholeness. So let's summarize Acts chapter two, 42 through 47 in this way. Once we are saved, we are placed in a community that is designed for our ongoing healing. This design includes ordering our lives around the truth of God's word, living together as friends who accept each other and when necessary, will have the hard conversations with each other because we really love and care about each other. We will worship God with grateful hearts and we will be his witnesses in a community by getting outside of ourselves and serving others. So let me stop here and speak directly to those who are here who would understand that they are wounded. God loves you even more than you know. If you feel alienated from him, if you feel that he is indifferent to you or that he has turned his back on you in some way, I want to ask you to take another look. God loves you so much that he sent Jesus into this world that you might have a relationship with him, that he would walk with you through the positive and negative experiences of your life, that he would never leave you or forsake you that he would bring healing in your life, whether it is fast or slow, 
And at the end of your life, he will take you home safely to be with him. You could be thinking that these are just real nice Christian phrases. But I want you to know that you are in a community that actually believes that. You're in a community that seeks God, that wants our healing and wants for God to be raised up and for Jesus to be proclaimed for the world to see. Although our church is not a perfect church, it is a church that is committed to loving you the very best ways that we possibly can. Remember, people are healed in relationships. They are not healed in isolation. And you have to borrow from the strength of those around you when you don't have enough strength. You need to see faith in operation to have the courage to move forward. It is our hope that you will see Christ Church as the kind of a community that will help you to move forward. So let's turn back to our text now and how can we apply these four principles to our lives? We're only going to take a look at a pretty high view of healing today. Healing can be very, very slow in our lives and we might need some extra help to move forward. But what can you do to get started and what can you do to stay in the flow of God's healing in your life? I want you to know that each one of us is in a different stage in life. And so you're going to have to decide what you can do with the suggestions that I'm going to provide for you. So as you take a look at how priorities, fellowship, worship, and witness can be a part of your life, I want for you to at least pick something that you can do that you know will allow for you to continue to experience God's goodness and healing in your life. And I have phrased these principles as questions for you to answer. So the first question is about priorities. Here it is. Have I taken the priorities revealed in God's word as my priorities? You see, the first step to healing is to move to God through his word. He's waiting for you, and he will meet you in your movement toward him. Now, in a church this size, there undoubtedly are people who don't feel confident in their own Bible study and in their own work with the word. And we get that, and we recognize that. It's one of our goals as a church to help you to build up your confidence to be able to study God's word. Several weeks ago, Pastor Mark put online a Bible reading program that I want to remind you that you can download. It's at cco.church forward slash pathways, cco.church forward slash pathways, where Pastor Mark has put together a great deal of resources for you to get started on a Bible study. But if you're not ready for that, Right Now Media, which is available to everyone in the church, has a lot of Bible studies on it that you can actually go to. And your app at Christ Church of Ornogo has Bible reading plans. Remember that the word of God is essential for your healing because it puts you in touch with the God who actually loves and cares about you. And you need to know his truth. The second question that I have for you is about your fellowship. How am I doing with opening up and telling my story to the right people? This is probably the most meddling question. We gain strength from others when we are honest about how we're doing. And you have to choose vulnerability to move forward in your life. Being silent about how you're doing only adds more stress to the strain that you already feel. For fellowship to be meaningful for you in a church of our size, you're going to have to be involved with a smaller group of people. 
From this stage, we've been talking about the Rooted Small Group Experience, which is going to launch in January. I have good news for you that that experience is now full, which is going to be really great. We have over 150 people who will be in that program. But if you had wanted to be in that program, all is not lost because you heard that next week we're going to be opening up registrations for other classes that can help you to move forward in your faith and get connected. Each one of our classes is organized like a small group where you can talk to other people about what's really going on in your life around that topic or about something else. So on Sunday morning and Wednesday night and even on Tuesday night, we will have opportunities for you to be vulnerable and open up and get connected so that you don't have to go through your life all alone feeling frustrated. On Tuesday night, we have two special programs. One is Redemption Recovery. If you're dealing with some kind of an addiction or you love somebody who has an addiction, that's a great program for you and they meet on a regular basis and meet every Tuesday. And the second program is Healing Hearts for Women. And if you're a lady and you are bearing some deep wounds in your soul, Tuesday night could be just what you're looking for in order to find the healing that God wants for you to have. And last, volunteering is a great way to get to know people in a church of our size. So going out to the Welcome Center and saying that you would like to find out more about how to volunteer would be the way to get going in that direction. The third question that I have for you is about your worship. What are the ways that I am meaningfully connected to God? Gratitude is a key to a healthy life. The awe that the early church felt was a result of how amazing God worked in their lives. And when you feel awe with God, you can see that he is doing amazing works in you and in the church. So I want to suggest that you take personal time at each Jesus table moment on every Sunday to express your gratitude to God that you would tell him what you appreciate about him and then take some time to ask him to help you to face the challenges of your life. And if you're not praying on a regular basis, I wanna suggest that you set an alarm on one of your devices, at least one a day, perhaps more, where you will do the same thing, where you will remember God's goodness, where you will take a look at scripture and remind yourself of the truths that he is telling you about your life and about who he is. And then to ask him for the graces that you need to complete your day in a really good way. The fourth question that I want to ask you about is your witness. How is God understood through the words and the actions of my life? Well, we have to be ready to put the words of your Christian example into the hearts and the minds of other people. You need to open up and express to other people why you are a Christian. You need to focus your story on the goodness of God and how much you appreciate what God is doing. You see, people aren't looking for perfect Christians. What they're looking for are real Christians who have a real God who help them in their real life to deal what's on their hearts and their minds. And when you talk about what God is doing in your life, it might just be exactly what the other person needs to hear to borrow strength from you to consider the claims that God really is alive and well and that he will love them too. Today, I wanna to encourage you to not be stalled in the healing process. It's so easy to pull away and to be isolated. It's so easy to be afraid to open up and not share. And I wanna encourage you that if 
you have one thing to do. It is to open up and tell somebody what your story is and how they can pray for you. There are four tables in this auditorium. They have lamps on them and there'll be people at these tables. And if you want to go to one of them and ask that person to pray for you, that would be a great place to start. We have a prayer center also that you can go there and write out a prayer request or receive prayer today from somebody from the church. Remember, people are healed in relationships. They're not healed alone. And while we are an imperfect church, and while our church is a church where you won't like everything, I promise you, it will be a church where you can feel love and care. And it will be a church that will encourage you to live by the priorities of God, to enjoy a rich fellowship with each other, to worship God for his goodness, and to be a witness for him in the world. Let today be a day that you move forward in the healing that God has planned for you. Would you please stand as we continue to worship him by singing today. Thanks again for checking out this podcast. We hope this teaching helped you to discover completeness in Jesus and encourages you to help others do the same. For more resources or to learn about Christ Church in general, visit us online at cco.church.